Good morning. If you would, grab a Bible and turn to Romans, the 8th chapter. We're going to open our remarks this morning with a passage from Romans, the 8th chapter. was said earlier, certainly good to see everybody here. Uh, we've got a good crowd this morning. Um, let's read Romans, the 8th chapter, verses uh, 5 through 14. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God... They are the sons of God. What were you doing in the year 2005? 17 years ago might seem like a long time ago. Uh, Some of you might be sitting there thinking, that seems like forever ago, Jeff. 17 years ago, I can't remember what I was doing two weeks ago. Uh, And Some of you are thinking, well, that was before I was born, Jeff. And, and some of you are thinking, you know, that just seems like a few weeks ago. That doesn't seem like that long ago. For me, I, I was a senior at Texas A&M. I was finishing my undergraduate degree. I was in the middle of sort of figuring out what I was going to do uh, with my life or where I was going to go. I was trying to figure out who I was going to work for and where I was going to move to uh, and all these sort of consequential things, all these important decisions were being made in my life. But little did I know there was something happening sort of in the background for me or things that were going on that had a far more consequential impact on society, on all of us here today, whether or not you know it, than, than of course my postgraduate decisions. I was approached uh, by a friend of mine there on campus, and they asked a question that I had never heard before, and that sort of confused me a little bit. They asked me, do you have a Facebook profile? Can you send me a friend request? And I was like, what's a Facebook? Uh, what, What are you talking about? What's a Facebook? And so they explained that it was this computer application, this website that you can go to and make a profile and, and, and post things and, and, and comment on things. And, and I looked at them like, that is the dumbest thing I have ever heard. Why would you ever waste your time doing that? 
A few weeks later, I set up a Facebook profile, and 17 years later, I still have that same Facebook account. At the time, it was only available to college students and and only select colleges. You had to have a valid student ID or student email account to set up a Facebook profile. Eventually, it opened up to more colleges and more colleges, and eventually, everybody uh, could sign up for Facebook. And that ushered in the age of social media. And what started off as this niche, niche little application that, that college students could use to connect with other students on campus has exploded into literally a seismic society shifting technology that has had more impact on our lives and society than most, if not all, major technological shifts over the last 100 years, whether or not you realize it or not. And of course, it isn't just Facebook. A few years later, uh, Twitter came around, and, and, and I became a Twitter user. Um, and that's about where my social media repertoire ended. But there's Instagram, there, there's Snapchat, there's TikTok, and and numerous others, more than, more than certainly I know and, and more than we all uh, use and know. And in some ways, this has been a, a valuable addition to our lives. It has allowed people to, to, to stay connected in, in ways that weren't possible before. Friendships can be nurtured. Uh, you can stay in touch with friends and family. You can, you can have opportunities even to serve Others and, 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 and the gospel can be shared in, in, in ways and into in audiences that, that weren't possible before. But there is also a negative impact that social media has had on society and on us here today. We have been influenced to think in certain ways that aren't always good because of social media. There are marriages that have been ruined and homes that have been broken because of choices people have made using social media. Kids want to use social media so much that they are willing to lie to their parents, in some cases, about setting up accounts. I have watched as people have sat in our worship services. Perhaps some of you here this morning, I've sat and I've watched you be more concerned with checking your Instagram accounts or your Facebook profiles than being engaged in the worship service. And let me be clear, this is not directed at solely our young people. Like so many things in life, social media can be a good thing if it's consumed and it's used in a proper way. But it can also be detrimental if it's used and consumed in an ungodly way. Just like money or sex or food or or countless other things, it can be a blessing if used in a godly way or it can be a curse if used in an ungodly way. So the question we need to ask ourselves is, Are we walking by the Spirit when utilizing social media? In the passage that we opened with, Paul reminds us that those who are carnally minded seek to fulfill the lusts of the flesh, and they cannot please God. 
And those that are of the Spirit seek to follow the will of God and they're made alive in Him. And our use of social media and how we utilize it can be an indication of the mindset that we have. Are we striving to fulfill our fleshly desires or the will of God? And I'm not here today to to say that social media is is wrong or simple. Like I've mentioned, I I have utilized social media in one form or fashion for for at least 17 years. But it, it is something that we need as Christians to be careful with and to use in a godly way. So I want for us to take some time this morning and discuss the Christian and social media. And specifically, I want for us to notice five areas that we need to be careful with when using social media. The first thing that we need to be careful with is where you find your value and your self-worth at. One of the things that spurred me to put this lesson together was a survey that I recently saw. 3,000 kids were asked what they wanted to be when they grow up. And of course, everybody here, everybody in this audience has been asked that question or, or was asked that question uh, at some point in your life. And what did we say when we were asked that question? You know, we, were, we said we wanted to be a doctor, we wanted to be a ball player, we wanted to be a police officer. Those were the types of things that we, we said when we were asked that question, right? When Harris conducted this survey of 3,000 kids, what do you suppose the most popular answer was? It wasn't a teacher. It wasn't an astronaut. It wasn't a doctor, a ball player, police officer. It wasn't any of those things. The number one response to this question of what you want to be when you grow up was a social media influencer or a YouTube star. Our children, from a very young age, are placing a tremendous amount of value on their social media presence and their profiles. It's what they want to be when they grow up. It's what they see, in many cases, as the most important things in their lives. And so people do all kinds of things to draw attention to themselves on social media. They do all these things just so they can get a bunch of comments or a bunch of likes and and, and make sure that that everyone sees these posts that, that they put on social media. Girls spend hours and hours and hours doing their makeup and making sure they're dressed so they could go out to the grocery store or go do anything so they can take these pictures so they can post them on Instagram so they can have these cool pictures that everyone can see and that they will like. People will do all kinds of dumb things so they can post videos to to YouTube or TikTok so they can get comments and likes. But listen to me, young people especially. Your value as a person is not defined by your social media profile. That does not determine how successful or how loved, or how valuable you are. Your value as a person isn't how many followers you have, 
or how many likes you get. Your identity is not your Instagram account or your Snapchat profile or your YouTube channel. As a Christian, your identity is in Christ. Colossians 3, starting in verse 1, says, If ye be been risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth, for ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Galatians 2 and verse 20 says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So see your value as a child of God, washed in the precious blood of the Lamb who redeemed you and loves you. See your value as a member of the body of Christ, as a member of this family here. See your value not based on your number of followers or the number of likes that your latest post got. Not based on what you see and what you post and what people comment about you. See your value as a child of God. But the fact of the matter is so many people dedicate so much of their time and their mental energy to social media. They let it consume so much of their day. And that leads us to the second thing that we need to be careful with. And that is where you spend your time. According to a Forbes magazine uh, article in a recent survey by a company called U-Switch, Americans spend an, on average about 50 minutes, 58 minutes a day on Facebook, or 325 hours a year. Instagram was the second most used service. It, it's particularly popular with our younger people. They, those who use it spend about 53 minutes per day, or almost 300 hours a year, 297 hours a year. Snapchat is also very popular with our young people. They rack up about 50 minutes per day on the app, 277 hours a year. The average Gen Z or young person spends an average of nine hours a day in front of a screen of some sort. And I can just see the wheels turning in some of you adults or older people's heads. And you're sitting there, you're thinking those, those dumb young people, they spend all their time in front of their screens. You know, what, those young people, when are they going to learn, right? And I've got news for you. It isn't just our young people that are spending this much time on social media. It isn't just the middle school or the high school kids here or the college folks here. It is lots of adults, including some of us here today. Just think about how often you open your favorite social media app, whether it's Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or Snapchat, whatever it is. And then think about how often you open up your Bible. Over the course of the day, how many times do you pick up your phone and you open up Instagram? How many times do you pick up your Bible? A lot of people aren't opening their Bibles today. Instead, we're looking at things, like I said, about social media. Every day, 66% of evangelical believers are looking at Facebook. 39% are looking at YouTube. And 32% are opening their Bibles. The problem is that we are more concerned 
like we read about a moment ago. We are more concerned often with fulfilling our worldly desires and our worldly concerns. And we have turned our phones and our social media profiles into an idol. And just like God condemned the children of Israel every time they turned to idolatry, we will be in trouble if we allow the idols that we have created to come between us and God. Turn to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter. We are going to read 1 Corinthians 10, starting in verse 7. says, Neither be ye idolaters, as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication, as some of them, in the, as some of them committed and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Neither let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the, of the destroyer. Now all these things happened unto them for examples, and they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Therefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed, lest he fall. There hath no temptation taken you, but as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. Wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. And you might be sitting there thinking, Jeff, is it really that is it really that big a deal? Jeff, it's my phone. I'm not bowing down, I'm not worshiping it, I haven't made a golden idol out of my phone. Oh, but we still treat that phone like it's an idol. It demands our attention, doesn't it? And think for a second, have you ever picked up that phone? and checked it during church? I know you have. I know I have. I've seen, I've done it myself, and I've seen some of you do it. Or Or when you should be focusing on your family or your friends, they're sitting right there in front of you, right there beside you, and you're more concerned with your phone and the notification that just popped up. Or you're more concerned with checking Instagram or Facebook instead of studying the Word of God. If you have, and that has become a habit in your life, it is becoming an idol for you. Instead, we need to make sure that our focus, our priorities, are our service to God. Luke, the 12th chapter and the 34th verse says, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Jesus says where your treasure is at, where we place our resources, and that includes our time and our attention, is an indicator of the condition of our hearts. So I ask you this morning, where are you placing your priorities? Where is your treasure at? I pray that it is less on social media and more on your service to God. The third thing that I want for us to notice and be careful about is where, be careful what you look at. 
Obviously, so much of our time on social media is spent visually looking at one thing or another. And it's important to remember how much influence what we look at has on whether we are walking after the flesh or after the Spirit. Matthew, the 6th chapter, verses 22 through 23, Jesus says, this, The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, the whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. Jesus teaches in the Sermon on the Mount that what we look at illuminates or it shines a light inside of us, and that will have an influence for good or an influence for evil. So I ask you, what are you looking at on social media? Some people spend all their time looking at all the pictures of all the vacations that other people are taking or all the cool stuff that people are buying and the new cars that their friends have and the new house that their friend just bought. And the next thing we know after we've seen those things, we decide we want to try to keep up with the Joneses and we're spending money that we might not have just so we can post our own cool pictures on social media. Some people spend their time looking at all those good-looking women or good-looking men on social media. And for some, that could lead to lustful thoughts, which can lead to sinful actions and poor choices. Choices that have led to broken, broken relationships and broken marriages. Or, and this can be, I think, especially, um, especially true for our young ladies here. They look at those pictures of those other girls at their school. Or they look at those social media influencers that they want to look like or be like. And they look at them and they see what they look like. And, and they begin to wonder, you know, why can't I look like them? Or why, why, why aren't I like that? And it begins to destroy their self-esteem in so many ways. Some people spend their time looking at every post or every video that they can find about the latest political controversy or the latest conspiracy theory or the latest news story, and they're consumed by reading or watching the latest news and what's going on in this world or in this country and why this political party is destroying the country or why that political party is destroying the country. And they look at all those things and they think the world is coming to an end and they end up angry and bitter and deceived. However, we would do well to remember the words of Apostle, the Apostle Paul in Philippians 4 in verse 8, where he said, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Paul urges us to spend our time thinking about those things that are good, those things that are beneficial, those things that are godly, those things that will draw us closer to God. Do you think looking at all those videos about the latest political controversy fits the description of what Paul says we should dwell on? Do you think looking at all those profiles and all those pictures and all those posts and all those videos are good and lovely and godly? we must remember that what we look at 
can, and, and what we consume will influence how we think. And if we're spending all of our time looking at social media, it will influence how we think, and that will influence how we act. So be careful what we look at. The fourth, the fourth thing that I want for us to notice and be careful about is we need to be careful what we say. Social media is not just an avenue for us to view what everyone else is doing and what every, everyone else is posting. But it has given a platform for everyone to express their ideas and express their viewpoints. Social media has given everyone a microphone. And what we say is broadcast out to the world. And and pay attention, young people. It is kept online for forever. What you say on social media is recorded for everyone to search and see. The things you say now when you are a teenager or that you are in college will be recorded and they will be available to be seen by your future employer down the road. I can tell you, I personally, when I am interviewing candidates, I search for their social media profiles. So the things you say and do and post now on social media can have an impact on your lives down the road. Social media gives everyone an avenue to say what they want to literally a worldwide audience. It has given tremendous power to our mouth and our words. And that should give us all great pause. Pick up your Bibles and turn to James, the third chapter. James, the third chapter, um, starting in verse 2. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man and able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great, are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beasts, and of birds, and of serpents, and of things in the sea is tamed, and hath been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. James talks about the power of of the tongue and the words that we say. How if we're able to control our tongues that we have the self-control to direct our whole bodies and our minds. Like horses and boats, they're controlled by something so small. Our lives, in so many ways, are influenced by the words that we say. And this is especially true 
in the social media age that we live. Matthew, the 12th chapter, verses 36 through 37 says, But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. By the words thou shalt be justified, and by thy thy words shalt thou be condemned. Jesus said that we will be judged by our words, and that includes the words that we post online. Like I said earlier, social media is a place that can be used for tremendous good. I have seen wonderful content about the gospel and have been edified and built up by the things that I've read and watched on various platforms. Churches can use social media in ways to reach audiences to bring others to Christ that they never could before. I have personally been blessed. I have personally been encouraged by the things that people have said to me or things that I have read. But social media is very, very much a breeding ground for some of the worst kinds of human behavior. And it can be a place where our words get us into quite a bit of trouble. Social media is a breeding ground for so many of the things that we read in Scripture that are harmful and that are sinful, especially sins of the tongue. It's a place that gossip can be spread like never before. The clothesline or the coffee shop or the beauty salon of a previous age have been replaced by Facebook and Instagram as the place that we see and hear and spread the latest rumors and gossip. Did you see what she posted? Did you see, did you see what she was wearing? Did you, did you see what, what they said? Did you look at what she was doing? Have you ever done that? Do you spend a bunch of time combing through people's posts just so you can keep up with the latest news on what everybody's doing? And then maybe pass that along what, what might be true, even though we might not really know what's true, or we might, might not know all the details of what's going on, but we really, really want to talk about it. Proverbs, the 16th chapter and the 28th verse says, A froward man soweth strife, and a whisper separateth chief friends. Let's be careful that social media isn't being used as a tool in our lives for gossip. Social media is a place where we see anger. We see some posts or some articles that we don't agree with, and then what happens? We see something, and well, we, got, we can't let that stand, so we've got to be sure that we comment or we have a post to show how wrong and how dumb those people are. So we post something, and then what happens? Someone sees our post. Maybe it's a, a friend or a family member, and they don't agree with what, what we said, so they comment. And then we comment back, and then they comment back, and it spirals, and one person argues back, and then again and again. And eventually, someone says something that they would never say face-to-face but they let their anger take control and they lash out. Has that ever happened to you? I think that the non-face-to-face nature of social media, it creates this separation in our minds. You know, it's just, it's words on a screen, right, Jeff? I'm just typing something on a screen. They're not there. And that is absolutely wrong. Being angry and lashing out at someone on the internet is no less sinful than doing it to their face. 
Colossians 3, verses 6 through 8 says, For which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which ye also walked sometime when ye lived in them. But now ye also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Let's be careful that we don't let our anger take control on social media and cause us to sin. Social media is also a place where we see a lot of pride and a lot of boasting Oh, sure, you know, we're not going to go on there. I'm, I'm not going to po- get a post to say, look how awesome Jeff is. I'm not going to say Jeff's cool or Jeff's awesome. But how about that post that shows everyone all the cool stuff that we just bought? Or the fancy vacation that I just took or the award that I just won? Or we make sure everybody knows about the promotion that we just got. But it's okay, right? Because we put hashtag humbled at the end of it. So it's all cool, right? Or maybe we post about the selfless stuff that I'm doing. Or how busy I was with all the church business that I've got going on. And we're like those Pharisees that Jesus talked about in the Sermon on the Mount. But instead of standing on the street corners saying our prayers, we're posting them on social media. Proverbs, the 8th chapter and the 13th verse says, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogancy and the evil way and the forward mouth do I hate? The writer in Proverbs says that we should be careful not to have pride. Let's be careful that our use in social media doesn't show boasting or prideful spirit. And one thing that social media can do that is particularly troubling to me that we need to be very careful about is spreading strife in the church. On social media, I have seen brothers and sisters in Christ bickering and arguing. I have seen people post and comment about how those elders or those deacons or those evangelists don't know what they're doing. I've seen people comment about how the church is messed up and how they need to do this or how they need to do that or how the church is failing to do this or failing to do that. When the world sees things like that, What makes you think that they would want to come join a church when its members are arguing and fighting online? Proverbs, the sixth chapter, verses 16 through 19 says, These six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that deviseth wicked imaginations. Feet that be swift in running to mischief a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. The writer in Proverbs says that God hates when people sow discord among the brethren. Are we doing that on social media? I think that this has been an even bigger problem over the last couple of years. And there are several factors at play. Maybe it's because of the political climate. Maybe it was because of the pandemic. Maybe because of just because social media has become more and more ingrained in our day-to-day lives. For whatever reason, we think that we need to make sure that our opinion is heard, no matter the consequences. Even if it causes division among the brethren. I urge you, though, don't cause division in the church over your opinions and the judgments that you post online. 
We won't take time to read it, but read Romans, the 14th chapter, and see what Paul has to say about how we should treat our brother when it comes to these types of things. Just because something might be true, just because something might be just, doesn't mean that you have the right to beat someone over the head with it. Your opinion doesn't matter as much as the soul of your brother. So let's be careful not to use social media in a way that causes us to do these things, gossip and anger and spreading strife. Let's be careful of what we say while using social media. The last thing that I want for us to notice that we need to be careful about with our use with social media is that we need to be careful about what we believe and what we repeat on social media. And this might come as a shock to some of us here this evening or this morning. This might come as breaking news, but not everything you see on the internet is true, okay? Not everything that you see posted is true. Not everything you see tweeted is accurate. Just because there is a YouTube video that says something does not mean that it is factual. False information is rampant on social media. Prior to social media, if you said something that wasn't true, how many people heard it? You know, you might be in a crowd and you might say something and and five or six people might might hear what you said, but on social media, that five or six is now five or six hundred. And then they repeat it and it gets amplified and grows and grows and grows. Everyone has a big microphone. So now when someone says something that is false, or something is said that isn't true, it spreads so quickly, and it can be repeated over and over and over again, and it goes viral. And people that we think are credible can spread or repeat information that isn't true, whether it's news or politics or, or, or even religious things. We need to be very, very careful about what we believe and what we repeat. First John, the fourth chapter and the first verse says, Beloved, believe not every spirit. But try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Don't believe everything that you see and everything that you read. Check and verify that it's true before you post something. And why is this so important? What does it matter, right? Suppose one day you're wanting to teach someone about Jesus. You want to tell them about the good news and and what they need to do to be saved. And you sit down with them and you tell them about what the Bible says, what the Scripture says about God. But they look at you and they think, isn't isn't this the guy that posted that fake meme that wasn't real? Isn't this, this the guy that retweeted that thing that was obviously false? He doesn't know what he's talking about. Isn't this the guy that spouted off all this garbage about this conspiracy theory or that conspiracy theory or this or that? How are they going to trust you on the truth of the Scriptures if you believe and you repeat things that are false on social media? Because of that, we need to be very careful about what we believe and what we repeat on social media. So to conclude... Very quickly, I want for us to notice four or five very practical suggestions that I have for you and your family as we close here this morning. 
Five things that I, I suggest that, that you do uh, in your decisions about social media. First, parents make a wise choice for your kids. Your young children are not mature enough to handle social media. And you as parents need to make a wise decision about when it is proper for them to use that. And kids, you need to trust your parents' judgment. I promise you, young people, your parents are not trying to ruin your fun on social media. Okay? They are trying to do what's best for you. So trust their judgment. Parents... If you make the decision to allow your young people to use social media, monitor it very closely. Your kids' social media profiles are not their private property. You have the right and you have the responsibility to make sure that you are checking and making sure that everything is okay if you decide to let them use it. Fourth, you need to limit your time using social media. Don't let it become a habit and an idol in your life. And to do that, I suggest that you do this last thing that I listed here. Do a social media versus Bible time check for one week. You know, if you're working with somebody and, and trying, to, trying to work on finances with somebody, you'll, and you're trying to help somebody set up a budget, or you're trying to set up a budget yourself, you need to track every single little thing that you spend money on. If you spend a, a A nickel on a piece of gum, you need to track it, right? So you know how much money's coming in, how much money's going out. For a week, write down every single time you log on to social media and how much time you spend doing it, okay? Do it for a week. And then every time you pick up your Bible, see how long you do that. And at the end of the week, see where the two compare. And I think it'll be pretty eye-opening for most of us. I say that now... The week that y'all are going to do that, y'all are going to stop using social media and read your Bibles every day. So uh, that would be good if y'all did that. Uh, But that's the end of my remarks this morning. I know this was a a bit of a different sermon, uh, something that that I thought was was, uh, relevant and beneficial, uh, hopefully, for for you here this morning. Uh, We didn't cover uh, the, the gospel or didn't talk about the first principles, but perhaps you've been taught sufficiently and you'd like to obey the gospel, you'd like to allow your faith to move you to repent of your sins and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and submit to him in baptism, we'd be happy to do that with you this morning. Perhaps you've struggled with some of the things that we've talked about this morning and you'd like the prayers of the church. If there's anything we can do for you, please come as we stand and as we sing.